to the Omega Metroid Podcast. My name is Andy Spateri, joined as always by Dakota Lasky. Dak, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm not doing too bad, man. I have, as you know, as some others know, and I believe you also have as well, I have received my first dose of the COVID vaccine. I'm a Moderna man, so I'm looking forward to being fully vaccinated within the, the coming weeks. But yeah, that's all I've got really going on. Just I got that vaccine. My my arm is no longer sore. It's a couple of days of some shoulder soreness, but otherwise I was I was pretty fine. And you know the the weather is is getting nicer, so I had to get a bunch of allergy medicine because it's that time of year. And yeah, that's that's how that's where I'm at right now, Andy. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm like perma allergic to everything because I'm allergic to my cat and my dog. So like seasons just oh, blend no. together. But I, I also got the Moderna. Uh, we, we called ourselves the Omega Moderna faction here because I think you, me, and Doom all got the the Moderna here. But uh, yeah, that, that Metroid Fusion virus uh, joke or meme or whatever, that cracked me up. Uh, I, I had a good chuckle at that. So uh, you love to see it. My arm actually didn't hurt right away, but then the next day, so it would have been last night, was killing me. But today is once again fine. So yeah, happy to see that uh, you you got your shot, and uh, you know, good good things hopefully on the horizon. Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't super sore. It was like a little bit of soreness, mostly in my shoulder, upper arm, and then better yesterday, and I barely feel it now. So um, it was funny though because I didn't know like which part of the vaccine, like which dosage, is supposed to make you like feel sick or whatever. I thought it was the first one, but then the the doctor or nurse or whoever who gave me the shot she was like yeah it's actually the second one i bought a bunch of snacks though and like comfort food and whatnot and like soup for the weekend because i thought i was gonna feel like trash but then all i had was like a kind of sore shoulder so like, i'm just sitting there feeling fine eating all this junk food <laughs> uh, which which yeah, isn't yeah. a big deal but you know I, i'm i guess i'm ready for the next dose in a month at least for me and apparently that one's a little worse so i will be more mentally prepared for that one yeah, I heard the same thing that the second one is the killer. Um, if, figuratively speaking, it, it makes you feel sicker than yeah. uh, than the first one did. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's good stuff. Um, before we get going here, uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, a reminder, I guess rather, to everyone that if you are a Metroid artist, a cosplayer, a writer, whatever, if you if you make something and you're interested in contributing to the Metroid Thirty Five Zine. Then uh, hit up our pal Metroid Thirty Five over on Twitter and uh, and get in on that action. I just wrote the forward for the Zine actually, so I'm excited about that. So um, I, I think that it'll be really cool. And, and we're you know she's still looking for participants and and artists and stuff like that. So if that's you, uh, I once again just encourage you to um, to get in there and and contribute and really celebrate this milestone because. You know, the, the, this milestone, Metroid making it to 35 years, belongs to the fans. It doesn't belong to Nintendo. <laughs> you know, it made it there in spite of Nintendo. So I, I really, you know, I just want to put that out there. If you're if you're at all interested, um, it's a it's a cool idea, cool cause. So see if you can get in on that action, at Metroid35 over on Twitter. 
And you know, I I'll know I've made it when I officially write a forward for a Metroid related <laughs> media or whatever. I didn't know that you were writing forwards, but I'm looking forward to reading that. Uh, I I stumbled my way through it. Uh, I think it turned out okay. Um, well, we uh, we asked you guys last week, as you all know, we started our own Discord server at Omega Metroid Discord, and we asked you guys to give us some Metroid questions. And you guys delivered. We have a plethora of questions to get through here. Tons of questions. Way more than I thought we were going to get, actually. So I feel like we have no time to waste at all here. So, Dak, let's just jump right into it. Are you ready? Yeah, I guess I'm as ready as I guess I can be. I don't know. I don't sound very ready, but I'm, I'm ready. We got a bunch of questions. Went through them quickly beforehand. Uh, glance at a few. But I guess I'll, I'll let you run through these and... I don't know if we'll get to all of them, but we'll do our best to get as to as many of these as we can on this episode. Yes. Uh, all right. So here's a softball for you to start. Duminal, and just <laughs> let it be known, we kind of grouped these by users. So we'll we'll try and, like Dax said, we'll get to everybody here. Um, Duminal asks, why does Andy have so many wrong opinions about Metroid Fusion? That's he is question. not the only one that thinks that, is he? Yeah, I, I was very happy to see that a lot of people agreed with my opinions because made me feel good inside but i don't i mean i don't think you were wrong in anything you said last week right like you know you just had different expectations for you know based on super metroid which i think is more than fine and fair it's a different kind of game and i think that still doesn't make it you know not a good game necessarily but it's a different kind of game i obviously love it you love you know other stuff a little bit more i think that is what it, it is what it is but you know i don't i don't remember what your opinion on the fusion suit was, but I know that's definitely a wrong opinion. Cause I don't think you love it as much as I do. I, I don't love it. Well, I, that's not true. I, I like it. I, I would even say I like it a lot, but it's not my favorite. Okay. That's fair. Um, yeah, but I, it's, it's different, which I like. I did kind of, I set myself up here cause I used a little bit of uh, creative license, maybe, maybe borderline clickbaity uh, wording when I was tweeting last week's episode. And I was like, is Metroid fusion one of the best or one of the worst? I mean, obviously it's not one of the worst. Come on. But, uh, you know. Yeah, I didn't it, write it, it that, drew everybody. <laughs> you know, when those podcast tweets come out, that's not me writing. <laughs> the cool, fun tweets, that's your boy. Yeah, they're calling the, the <laughs> creative license ones. Those are me. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, it is what it is. I'm glad that everybody liked that episode, though. It seemed to get a lot of positive feedback. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to do another definitive ranking. Um, Doom asks another question, which... I don't know that we've ever told the story here on the podcast before. Uh, Doom asks, how did both of you meet and what gave you the idea to team up and make this podcast? Um, I don't remember. So I, I'm, I'm going to recall and you can, you can uh, chip in here, but okay. so as a lot of you guys know, um, I also work at Zelda dungeon and I host a Zelda podcast called the champions cast. And way back when I had an idea and I was like, you know what would be sweet if, like, I could round up, like, a Zelda podcast and a Pokemon podcast and a Metroid podcast and a Animal Crossing, whatever. All these different podcasts and make, like, one little Nintendo bubble. Right. And so I, I kind of started looking for a Metroid podcast because that's where I wanted to start because that's, you know, my favorite franchise. Other, well, tied with Zelda. So I quickly discovered that there wasn't really a Metroid podcast. Shine Sparkers had a thing that they did, I think, very, very, very sporadically. Um, but there really wasn't a Metroid podcast. So I was like, well, I should just make one. Uh, <laughs> then, so I think I, I went over into 
either the Metroid database or the Metroid 35 or Metroid fans, whatever it's called, Discord server. And I think I was just like, hey, does anyone want to start like a Metroid podcast? And Dak was the first person that messaged me. And then we got together and we started talking and then, you know, the rest was history. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, obviously I can't speak to the parts before I showed up in that story because I'm that was my perspective. I haven't lived your life, but uh, yeah, I think it was the Metroid community discord that you posted and I just happened to be on the discord and I was like, oh, so like I've always wanted to talk about Metroid and I mean, I don't know if I would say I've always wanted to do a Metroid podcast, but something that, you know, when the idea, when I saw the idea, I was like, oh, that'd be awesome. I've done podcasts before. Um, I did a Super Smash Brothers prod, uh, podcast called Directional Influence. If any of you have ever heard about about the podcast, I was like way back when, 2010 to 2012, I think, is when I ran that. And like high school and college, it was like a brawl, Super Smash Brothers, mostly brawl competitive podcast. I did that for a little while. And then, you know, I went into more like commentary and esports and stuff like that. I hadn't done a podcast in a while. So like when I saw you post that on the Discord, I just happened to see it. I was like, oh, a podcast, that'd be cool. I'd love to talk about Metroid. And yeah, we kind of just started chatting <laughs> and that was really it. Like it was, it was pretty simple. Yep. So uh, his, history was made right there. And like, I don't know, you talk about Zelda like for two years straight and I love Zelda, but I was like, man, I wish I like could just talk about Metroid. And so I'm, I'm glad that I didn't find anyone else that had already done a Metroid podcast because, uh, you know, I, man, I love doing this show. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's how it came together. Doom. Um, so let's keep going. Doom asks, who is a guest that you would love to have on the show in the future? And what would you like to talk about with them? Uh, mm. What do you think, Dak? I have a, a few general answers here. I don't really have anybody, I guess, specifically. I would, well, first of all, I would, if they're, okay, so back when we did the Dread episode, the Metroid Dread episode, the history of Metroid Dread, if that prototype was really shown at Nintendo of America or to Nintendo of America employees, back in 2009 2010 whatever it was and people actually saw that i want someone who saw it i want an eyewitness on this show and i want to talk to them about that 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 viewing if it actually happened um aside from that i'd be really interested in interviewing someone who just like works at works or worked at retro studios i think it'd just be really interesting to have someone on who's actually worked on the games that we talk about so often um uh, you know, if we could get someone who was on a development team at 2D Metroid 2, that, that'd be great. But I feel like, you know, considering Retro Studios in the United States, it'd probably be more likely, or in North yeah. America. Um, but, yeah, so I don't know. I, 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 don't, I didn't really think of anyone specific, but I'd love to talk to someone from Retro, someone, whoever, if anyone saw that Dread prototype. Um, those are those would probably, probably be my picks. Yeah, totally. Um, I, mine was the same, kind of like I'd love to interview – <laughs> anyone involved with with dread and yeah. just you know try and uh pick their brain and i also would love to interview i was frantically googling his name because it escapes me here and i haven't quite found it yet but the uh the ceo of retro studios that was like coming in with his with his cars and like he laid oh, everybody yeah. off uh yeah, god yeah. His, his name is escaping me and and i'm apologizing for that um but i think maybe um Maybe other than that, I don't know. I think like talking to Tom Hap would be cool, the developer of, of Axiom Verge. Um, I think that uh, uh, Doctor uh, N64 would be cool uh, talking about AM2R. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like most of the times, um, I I'm a fan of actually 
not having guests typically speaking unless it's like a really really cool guest that kind of warrants coming on the show or like a really good friend of the show so yeah that that's uh that's my answer yeah i mean if we could also get like i don't know the rock rvd booker t stone cold steve austin you know those would be cool guests i'm down yeah if they're if they're metroid fans i wonder i wonder if there are any wrestling like any wrestlers any pro wrestlers that are are big metroid fans that would want to come on the show and talk about metroid with us that that would be cool i'm not sure if i don't think i've ever seen a wrestler like explicitly say that they like metroid or enjoy it or have played it so but if you're out there come join us uh, you know what? There is a cool indie wrestler called Logan Lynch, and uh, he's—I think he's just starting his career. But we've we've DM'd a couple times here and there. He's a big fan of Zelda, so if anyone is going to be a, a fan of Metroid, it's probably him. Check him out. He's at Weapon Next over on Twitter. Uh, he had, he had a match against John Morrison. Actually, I watched it. It was pretty good. Damn, that that's awesome. Did he go over? Did he go no, over no, Johnny Nitro? No, he, he no. put John over. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that, I mean, well, you know, I once uh, COVID's over, I'm trying to to have a match myself, so I can say that I'm the wrestler who who likes Metroid. So eventually, I'll be able to answer that with my own name, but um, not go. just yet. Not just Bad yet. Bunny I haven't learned. Style. I haven't learned yeah. how to take a bump yet, and I haven't learned how to do a Canadian destroyer or have someone <laughs> help me do it, <laughs> like uh, JMO did. Well, yeah, you know, if if Bad Bunny can do it, I think that you can do it. All right, last question from Doom. What is your favorite Metroid meme or in joke? I don't know. I, I like. I I don't know that I like memes and I like them when I see them, but I I don't like save memes to my phone. I'm just like, Haha, that's that's funny, and I'll like retweet it or something. I like the Metroid meme Twitter page is like like very funny. Uh, I I just like I think Metroid memes like some of the ones that you've created, Jack, where like all these Nintendo franchises are playing in the sun, and then. There's Metroid in, in the dark. I, I don't know. I think those are funny, but nothing, um, I don't know. Nothing comes to, to my mind off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm definitely the person who saves memes to their phone, computer. You got to have a, a healthy, plentiful uh, database of memes and reactions for any kind of situation. But I would say, I don't know, my, my favorite meme or in-joke, it probably have to be, I don't know if it's like Metroid specific, but like, you know, Back when, before Ridley was in Smash, like, that Ridley was too big. That's probably my favorite now, because now he's in the game. So, like, everyone that said he was too big or shouldn't be in Smash, like, you know, had to eat that. And that just makes it very satisfying for me. So, like, looking back on it now, like, looking back at all, like, the Ridley's too big, you'll never be in Smash stuff. uh, Which was, like, a a big part of, like, Smash speculation for years. Like, looking back on all that stuff now and being able to just, like, satisfyingly, you know laugh at it and and be feel vindicated uh that that probably makes it my favorite well there you go um so we have like a million questions from big griff aka the accursed hunter so i actually i'm gonna skip for him for now and we'll get back to him later just to give some of these other guys a shot here um so let's go over to chris 06 chris asks how much of an impact do you believe COVID 19 had on the development of metro prime 4 will this game ever see the light of day so, I hope so. I, I it will. I I think it will. I I think it's a fair question to ask though. Will it see the light of day on the Switch or like the next Switch or the Switch Pro or whatever? Like, you you might have to buy a new console to play Metroid Prime Four. I don't think that that's like, you know, an, an impossible scenario. Um, and I think it's probably fair to say that COVID nineteen had a impact on every game in development everywhere. You know, pretty much, um, from development teams having to work from home or from 
you know, the simple logistics of like packaging and, and whatnot and shipping. Uh, I think that, you know, it, it played a huge role. Uh, did it, did it delay Metroid Prime 4 even more so specifically? Uh, you know, I, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's there's really no way for us to know. I'm sure it had some kind of significant impact, especially because, as far as I know, Retro Studios is in Texas, which hasn't been exactly the the best in terms of like COVID, like following COVID regulations and and whatnot. <laughs> and I mean, even like when there were the major storms recently, right? Like the whole power grid in Texas went off. Like I'm sure that had an impact on Metro. Like imagine something got screwed up in the Metroid Prime 4 development because of the power grid going off for a day or two, like a month or so ago back in Texas. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of significant impact. I would, like you said, every major game studio, every major company in the world, I would say, has been, had their you know workflows, their processes, everything about what they do affected. For game development, which certainly relies on not only a lot of, I mean, computing power, but uh working both on your computers but in person too like it does it's not just you know programming as well like it's i'm sure covid held up a lot of what they wanted to do with any kind of game so yeah i definitely think it uh didn't help and the fact that they restarted development even before that i'm sure that wasn't helpful either but there's really no way to know but yeah definitely i, I would assume it had some kind of impact and probably even delayed the game a little bit yep fair uh, all right let's keep it going Papa Rick is here with a couple of cool questions. Uh, his first one is, do you believe, or do you both think a crossover of Castlevania and Metroid could work? Do you think it could ever happen? The real Metroidvania. So this is, this is like a cool idea. Um, you know, getting the like true Metroidvania together. And, and you know what? I, I feel like anything can work if you, if you go in with the right tone and it's not super serious or like, I don't know if, it, anything can work if you do it well that being said it is uh these are two series that don't really have a lot of of uh, similar dna if you will <laughs> aside from the gameplay of course um you know one's one's a sci-fi space epic where you're shooting aliens and one is is a gothic uh vampire tale where you are battling monsters so um on, on the surface i mean i'd never say never but this one might be a little bit more tricky to pull off rather than something like like F-Zero in Metroid, which could be pretty easy. But, I mean, hey, you never say never. And if it if it happened, I'd be like, hell yeah. See, I think this would work really easily because I feel like, and I saw a lot of people say the exact same thing you just said, like, oh, I can't see the sci-fi stuff mixed with, like, the gothic look, which is odd to me because I feel like that aesthetic, I see it mixed all the time. Um, I mean, even Doom, the recent Doom games mixes that up, has that kind of gothic, gothic sci-fi look to it. And you're in a sci-fi scenario, essentially battling monsters and demons, which are, you know, Castlevania is like demons and vampires, essentially the same thing. Um, I could 100% see these things mixed up in like a serious manner, too. And, you know, and a lot of the times I think when we think of these crossovers, like, oh, if it's not serious, you know, that'd be fine. But this I could see as like a serious story. Maybe somehow Samus is, ends up in this area and the two like uh, Samus is fighting in this kind of like weird demonic like castlevania look i don't know too much about castlevania lore or maybe like simon and richter because they're cool new smash characters recently um like maybe you could fight as like a play as both like a castlevania character and as a metroid character in like the game and like they'd have slight differences based on the games they come from but like story-wise and aesthetically because uh, i don't know the gameplay would work, work really i really do think they would work easily like the the gothic and and sci-fi 
aesthetic work fine together. Um, and I would say like any sufficient amount of sci-fi is indistinguishable from magic, right? That's a saying. So I think that would work perfectly with like Castlevania where you could like have some of the stuff that might not be explainable in like a Castlevania world coming from Metroid. You could be like, oh, it's, it's this crazy like magical stuff. They might not, you know, understand it. And Samus is dealing with some demonic sorcery that she doesn't ha hasn't dealt with before. Um, I don't know. I think I could definitely see that happening. Castlevania and Metroid. That'd be a really cool mix-up, and I could see them doing it in like a serious manner. That'd be cool. Uh, yeah, you know what? Actually, you, you sold me. I I think that it probably isn't as much of a stretch as, as I made it seem to be. I mean, plus, like, some of the Sorrow games in Castlevania, like, they take place in the future anyways. So there's yeah. stuff like guns and there's lasers and whatever. So, yeah, I don't know. Why not? Uh, that could work. Um Papa Rick is back. He asks, can the Metroid 3D games still be considered a Metroidvania type of game, or are they just first-person shooter games? Oof. Well, I, I I am always of the opinion that, of course, they're Metroidvania games. You have the same principles as the as the 2D Metroid games, where you know your main objective is exploration, and your main objectives are to find items that will allow you to further traverse and peel back the layers of the world. I, I think that that's really at the core of what makes a Metroidvania a Metroidvania game, at least in my eyes. Um, are, are these a first-person shooter game? You know, we've talked about this before on the show. I think in the traditional accepted version of a first-person shooter, what everybody associates with a first-person shooter, I, I wouldn't say that they are. I mean, you are, you're playing a first-person, you're shooting things, there's no doubt about that. Um, but it doesn't share a lot of similar qualities. But first-person shooters have also evolved a lot in the last 20 years since Metroid Prime came out. So, you know, who's who's to say? I mean, I think the answer is probably both. Well, I mean, I don't think anyone really... I mean, they're clearly not just FPS games, right? Like, they're not a traditional FPS. There's more going on there. Or less going on, depending on how you look at it. So, right. yeah, I mean, they're they're not just an FPS game. Yeah, they're Metroidvania. Because, right, like, a big element of, of Metroid Prime is that you, you have access to areas, but you only have a limited access to those areas until you unlock more upgrades and, and beat certain things to unlock certain objectives so you can expand the areas that you've already somewhat become familiar with earlier in the game. So... That aspect of Metroidvania games is definitely still prevalent in Metroid Prime 1 and 2, and even in Metroid Prime 3, um, even if that is a little bit more linear. linear. But, uh, yeah, so I would say that they're not just an FPS game, because e even if we're putting aside the Metroidvania aspect, they're not just an FPS game, because as you said, they are more, um, they're like not as combat-oriented and more about you know platforming and, and exploration and, and whatnot. Still doesn't mean it's not an FPS game, but it's not, what you know a traditional fps game like you said um or more action based or combat focused one but yeah i think that's like they go hand in hand it's not it is an fps game it's also a metroidvania game uh that's that's just like the type of S fps it is it's fps with M metroidvania elements i don't think like it being a 2d game right is necessarily like a a requirement for a metroidvania yeah no for sure for sure uh i'm playing a great 3d metroidvania game right now for the first time as a matter of fact so there you go um rick's last question here is do you think there is a possibility that an online multiplayer battle mode would exist in metroid prime 4 would that make it nintendo's halo dak Halo's near and dear to you 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 take the lead on this one and i'll follow uh do i think there's a possibility of an online multiplayer battle mode uh yeah definitely uh, we've definitely we've discussed this many many times on the show 
whether there will be a multiplayer mode, whether it should have one, whether it should be re released separately, maybe as like another Metroid Prime Hunters thing, or if it should be maybe more like the Metroid Prime 2 multiplayer. Uh, we've gone on and on about that. Personally, yeah, I definitely think there's a big possibility for an online multiplayer mode. Uh, Nintendo's clearly aware of the replay value that multiplayer has for any kind of game. And certainly that would bring a lot of replay value to Metroid if it had like a fully fleshed out multiplayer battle mode. Uh, would that make a Nintendo's Halo? I mean, it depends on how what you like your definition of that is because it'll never. Yeah, like what like, does that mean? Well, because like if you're saying like it, you know in terms of just basically being a multiplayer sci-fi FPS, yeah, it would I guess be uh, Nintendo's Halo in that way. But Nintendo is never going to push uh metroid like they like microsoft would halo and halo is also like i mean a way bigger endeavor but it's also the reason why i think metroid prime 4 could have like both a really good campaign and a really good multiplayer because halo does it but at the same time halo's multiplayers are a lot shorter they're more linear um than like a metroid prime is so i don't know if it would like be the equivalent of like a halo game because halo has just like it's so so much of a larger package overall it's way more multiplayer focused, even just outside like a, a battle arena. Like you can create maps, you can watch, you know, theater mode, you can do all sorts of, you know, there's firefight, there's co-op, there's all, mm -hmm. you know, it's a way different kind of, of game. So even in that way, I still think Metroid at the end of the day is going to be single player focused, which I think is fine. And it should be because that's what Metroid is. Um, yeah. So I don't know if it would be uh, Nintendo's Halo, no matter whether Metroid or multiplayer to it or not. Could it be? Maybe. Um, I don't think it necessarily has to be. And to be honest, I can just go and play Halo um, if I really want to. But I guess it depends on your, your perspective on what makes a game. Like, like, Microsoft, like Halo is Microsoft's Mario, you know? <laughs> like, that's their big game. Other than, like, Minecraft. Like, that's their big game. Like, that's their Mario game. That's their Pokemon. That's their Zelda. So, like, the comparison, like, in terms of how the companies treat their fr those franchises, respectively, is way different. Metroid would never... Or Nintendo would never give Metroid like the the care and funds and all of that uh, that Microsoft gives to Halo. Never in a million years. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think they would ever really be Nintendo's Halo, but it would still be its own cool thing, which I think is fine. Yeah, and and so I, I agree with actually everything you just said. Uh, really quickly, is there a possibility that online multiplayer could happen uh, without commenting on whether it should happen or not? I think yeah, there is a possibility. Um, but yeah, that stuck out to me. Like, would it make it Nintendo's Halo? And to me, I, I think, I think like 20 years ago, or like maybe even 15 years ago, like Halo was the undisputed king of multiplayer. Like that was yep. the, that was the game. That was the franchise. And I, I think that Halo's lost a lot of that luster in the last 10 years. Like if, if you're talking about the king of multiplayer, like it's not Halo anymore. Yeah, I, I, I don't think, right? Like, um, so what close. does that mean like obviously halo is still a giant series and like it, it has a massive fan base and a dedicated fan base but uh if to me that that kind of implies like okay this is going to be the game that nintendo really like sells its its multiplayer around and i think that game is smash for nintendo i don't think yeah. it's going to be metroid prime 4 yeah i mean you're definitely so. on point and even with all i said i mean there hasn't been a new halo game in six years um i think like halo 5 even though it's sold pretty well has like the lowest multiplayer population of any halo game <laughs> you know like it's it's it has fallen off almost as much as metroid has and in a way they are they're very 
like they're connected in a way because <laughs> they they're both not in the best of of uh parts of their lifespans at the moment but yeah i think like the whole metroid being nintendo's halo thing is a remnant of like the 2000s right when yeah halo was the big multiplayer game and it was the obvious direct comparison to metroid and vice versa now there are so many other ips so many other different kinds of games that are way different and bigger than halo and metroid combined like it's it's just it's i mean halo is still a huge franchise don't get me wrong but yeah, yeah the landscape of gaming has completely changed since you know halo 2 halo 3 the peak of those games so i don't know if, if at that point does like I don't, I don't know if it's even like a discussion that needs to be made at this point. I just want Metroid Prime 4 to be good. I really think that adding a multiplayer aspect would give the game more longevity and bring more people in to play it. Um, but at the same time, I, I still think at the end of the day, they'll likely and should focus on like the campaign. So that'll likely affect how the product comes out. There we go. Um, all right, let's move on. Fastball 1818. Uh, Shout out to Fastball. Thanks for coming and joining our server from the Zelda Dungeon uh, side of things. Uh, he asks, of all the games inspired by Metroid you've ever played, which are your all-time favorites? So, you know, some of my all-time favorite Metroidvanias are actually just, like, straight-up Castlevania games. Like, obviously, Symphony of the Night, uh, Aria of Sorrow. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disqualify those from answering this, because those are, like, Vania in, in Metroidvania. So, I would say um, Ori in the Blind Forest, obviously, is just... A masterpiece. I think it's one of the best games ever made. Um, Axiom Verge is awesome. Hollow Knight is awesome. Um, let's see. The, those three definitely stick out to me if I'm excluding um, Castlevania games. Um, yeah, I, I would I would say those three are like my my trinity of, of games that I I really love. Uh, I'm sure I'm probably forgetting a ton, but uh, what do you think, Dak? Uh do i mean i'm gonna definitely agree with you um with ori I, obviously like that's a go-to metrovania pick i still really like guacamole man i know it didn't resonate as much with you but i really enjoyed guacamole i'm i still haven't played guacamole too but i did buy it and download it so i have to get to playing that but those are the those are the ones that really stick out to me the most i definitely enjoyed axiom verge a lot as well um, and then I guess if you're, if, if we're going to be, cause we did cover this in inspired by Metroid, but if you're going to count like, you know, Arkham Asylum, right. Or yeah, yeah, true, true. Like if we're counting those, I mean, I really like those games and those are some of like, just some of the best like adventure games too, like of like the 2000s, 2010s, whenever. Um, and, and it's funny actually, because I played Arkham city after we were done playing Arkham Asylum and I would not say that that game is is a Metroidvania. That's just like your standard open world fare. But man, Arkham Asylum was like such a wicked Metroidvania. Here's one. Here's one for a 3D Metroidvania. Resident Evil 2 and frankly Resident Evil 1. They're just they're the exact same formula as Metroid games where you you explore, you get an item, it helps you progress somewhere else in the in the map. Um, so yeah, awesome. Those games for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, let's keep it going here. Um, Spyco03 has a really great question. What's a good jumping off point for someone new to the Metroid series? So I think that there's three appropriate answers for this deck. What uh, what say you? So I, I guess, like, if someone's asking, like, if they've never played Metroid, like, before, I really just say, like, you should just play Zero Mission and Metroid Prime. Um, 
Zero Mission, I think, is the probably the best game to start off with for Metroid because it's chronologically the first game in the series. It's a really good remake of the original game, so you don't have to play that. It gives you pretty much all like the the backstory you need for for Metroid, like that's relevant to the 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 rest of the story, and it's a solid like two D game in terms of it's not like super floaty and sometimes it feels a little clunky in Super Metroid, but it's like a solid concise experience while still not like being too linear compared to like Fusion, and then obviously takes place before Fusion Two, even though like you're not no one's gonna get confused by the Metroid story, but I think like giving <laughs> giving the player giving someone the chronologically last game in the series I think is just morally um, inconsiderable. But yeah, the I, Zero Mission for 2D, and then I would just say like just play Metroid Prime for for 3D. But I honestly even then I still recommend people to play Zero Mission first. I think you like to play a 2D Metroid before you play Metroid Prime because I think you'd end up appreciating Metroid Prime more after playing 2D Metroids because I did. Though I guess I played them both at the same time when I first started playing, so that's not true. But uh, yeah, I still think Zero Mission is like the best entry of the series, both like for gameplay overall and then uh, the backstory. And then play Metroid Prime on Dolphin, mouse and keyboard, um, or the original way. Yeah, I so I think the appropriate three answers are Metroid Prime, obvious reasons metroid zero mission for obvious reasons or super metroid for more practical reasons where like super metroid is just very readily available on sure. all consoles and um if you so I, I feel like you could debate starting with metroid zero mission or super metroid i feel like if you want to ease your way into metroid zero mission is definitely the way to go if you just want to get right into the thick of it and experience uh getting lost in metroid Super Metroid is uh, is a great starting off point. But yeah, I, I think all three of those could be appropriate. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Well, let's let's keep it moving here. Um, Draconic Quest has a cool question. How would you feel about a Metroid game that was narrative-driven third-person shooter slash platformer akin to games like the Tomb Raider reboots and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order? Yeah. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a great comeback to this. We had that. It was called Metroid Other M. No, it wasn't. That wasn't Other M. <laughs> that's what I'm, that's what Other M should have been. Those games, like that. That's Other M was did tried to do that. I don't even know if it tried to do that, but it's like a, a horrible not version of those kinds of games. But that's that's it, what yeah, Other M. Yeah, it, it was the been. same idea. It was just it was just really I wouldn't bad. Even say I would love. I would the love same it. Idea. Like I was. It was. Well, it's it's somewhat similar, but yeah, it, it was. Well, what's different about it? It's narrative driven. It's a third person shooter. Slash it's not platformer. really third person though. It's not true third person in the way that the Tomb Raider or like Star Wars or God of War or even like Gears of War is actual third person. To other M is not real like third. It's like third person, yes, literally, but how it plays is not like a third person game like this, which is what they're insinuating. Um, so well, unfortunately, it doesn't play like a two D game either. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't play like any game because it's a crappy game. It's an awful game um i wrong episode but yeah i would all love this this is exactly what other m should have been this is yeah. what sam i you know i would love a game like this or even like you know uh like a cover-based third-person shooter like gears of war i think would be great too but i'm also down for a more open third-person platformery adventure kind of game like star wars or the tomb raider games i think metroid would be perfect for that I, I wish they would try more stuff with Metroid and do a game like that because it would be perfect. Like, all the different upgrades would be great for that kind of environment. Uh, yeah, this would be awesome. I would absolutely love something like this. Yep. 
Yeah, I think it would be cool. Uh, man, I'm always I'm always game for more Metroid uh, titles in different genres. Seriously, there's like more that. Metroid game. Like anytime yeah. it's like, do you want this kind of Metroid game? Most likely you're gonna say yes. Sure. Have, like, there's like five of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like I want some more. Um. All right, let's keep it moving here. Rising Blue Phoenix asks, how do you feel about the various designs that Samus has gone through in both her iconic power suits and zero suits? So, Mister Phoenix. We actually have an episode where we power ranked all of Samus's suits, and uh, and I think that the answer to your question is going to lie in there. So you should definitely check that out. I don't think that we really talked about the zero suit very much, though. And and frankly, the I guess there is different designs of the zero suit, but they all pretty much look the same to me. The only one that really sticks out is like the the Smash Bros version where she has like the high heels that are guns or whatever. Yeah, they're like that's the only different one I can think of. Yeah, I don't really think there's too many differences in like the zero suit really. Uh although I guess maybe they mean like the the fusion versions, you know, like the end game screens kind of have like the 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 two piece outfits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know if that's okay. considered the zero suit. I don't know. Maybe that's not what they mean. But um yeah, we we had an episode talking about like how we feel specifically about all of them, but overall, I really love that Samus changes her look all the time because you can still like you can still tell it's her. And it's she still has like that iconic look, like whether she's like in her regular power suit or like in the Varia or she's in the fusion suit. She still has a very distinctive silhouette and build. So I love that that really translates really well across many different kinds of suits. And then you go into like Prime Two and Prime Three, which like really get more abstract with her suit design. And then obviously you have like Metroid Fusion, which goes like in the complete other direction. It goes like Batman Beyond on on the suit, which I love. That's one of the things I really love about Fusion and the other Metroid games, you know, like Metroid Prime as well, is that, yeah, they do get creative with how Samus looks. And she's, you know, she, she kind of like she's kind of like adapting to her environment over time. Right. Which is perfect for her kind of character because that's what she kind of needs to be. So, yeah, I love that her look changes over time for some characters. I think it's fine. Like, you know, going back to Halo, I, you know, for me, Master Chief, he just kind of I like when he just kind of looks the same. He's just big green guy. And that's how it works. But for for Samus. I really like how her her look changes over time, even even in minute details. Like when you go from like Prime One and Prime Two, there are slight differences in the suit and like the visor notch and and the you know the neck the collarbone area and all that. Like those differences make it you know are, are significant as well. I like how her change her her suit changes over time. It's really cool. Uh, makes her feel like a more you know dynamic character, and it also shows that she's really adaptable and constantly changing to kind of overcome her challenges. And I'm a big fan of all the different suits that she gets. All her different looks look really cool as well. They have really cool designs. Huge fan of the fusion suit and others. So I, I love that about Samus. Yeah, yeah, that, that very well put. Um, I don't think I could say it better. All right, let's move on to uh, the questions from Quaid. Uh, Quaid. Shout out to you, Quaid. Um, he asks, if you guys can remember, what was your first reaction like to the SAX reveal as well as every other time SAX appeared in your first playthrough of Metroid Fusion. Well, I was, uh, I was pretty creeped out. I'm not going to lie to you, Paul. I was just like, what the hell is this? This looks like me. And it's way more powerful than me. And, oh God, I'm I'm in trouble. So I, I loved it. I, I think that the SAX, um, I, I don't want to say gimmick, but the SAX idea from Fusion is like such a good concept. I love that concept. Uh, it's, it's great stuff. And yeah, I, I just, I was just like freaked out. I was like, Oh my God, this thing's gonna rip me in half. Yeah. I, I will admit that I cannot, I definitely don't remember the first time I 
like saw the or like saw the SAX or maybe I maybe I kind of I definitely remember the feeling of the first time I saw the SAX, right? Like I can definitely remember that, but I don't know if I can specifically remember the moment of it. Other than that, you know, I mean, because I was like, I think I was like nine years old. <laughs> like, I'm almost 30 now, so I don't really remember. It was a long time ago. The fact that this game came out so long ago and hasn't been hasn't been a sequel is bewildering to me. I don't really remember, but I do remember that a lot of the times in these games that if I saw something scary, it would take me a little while to actually finish it. So I know that the first time I saw the SAX, I definitely put it down and was actually scared. I know the first time I had to do like the run um that definitely freaked me out i vividly remember the feeling of like putting it down i can't see it in my head but like i can feel i can see the feeling if that makes sense like i can feel it of of that moment of like being scared and like putting it down like that freaked me out um and a lot of stuff freaked me out as a kid i was <laughs> a big scaredy cat in a lot of games uh so I, i'm sure i had the same reaction back then yep Yep, that was uh, that was scary, man. Like playing that, to, you didn't expect horror necessarily in Metroid at the yeah. time, so it was it's definitely creepy. Um, all right, uh, Quaid's next question here is: What if they gave Super Metroid the AM2R slash Zero Mission art style? Um, I I love the Super Metroid art style. I love like Red Ridley. I think he looks so cool. Uh, I think I I don't know. I I'm really partial to the Super Metroid art style, but I also do love the zero mission art style but i feel like like we have that so like we already had samus and we already had ridley and Craid and mother brain in that art style so i kind of i don't know i kind of like that uh super metroid is is of its own like uh look i guess um an2r is one that kind of jumped out at me because that one doesn't really have super metroid's art style or zero missions art style so it was kind of a look unto itself i mean obviously gameplay wise it looks identical to super metroid so i mean the the image renders are kind of like this cool looking version of samus that's uh, a recreation of the classic metroid 2 pose so yeah i, I don't know it, am2r um doesn't really fit with either yeah, you know, I don't know about this one because I, I feel like I wouldn't want to see Super Metroid, like, too modernized. Like, I kind of love how Super Metroid is, like, blurry and and foggy and hazy and has that, like, like just perfectly pure, like, 80s sci-fi look to it. I, I don't know. Like, as much as I really love the Zero Mission art style, and not only just in the game, but, like, in the cutscenes and, like, the artwork, like, that, that really bold, shadow-heavy art style that Zero Mission has. I love that, mm -hmm. and I would love to see that for, like, a new Metroid game. Like, if they did that style with, like, uh, Metroid 5, like, the Fusion sequel, that'd be awesome. Um, but, like, for Super Metroid, I think its own thing would be is fine. And I really love, like, that original style it had that I think if you kind of superseded it with, like, what AM2R has or Zero Mission has, it would kind of lose part of its character. So I think keeping it as it is... I mean, does the I mean, it doesn't even need a remake, right? Like, but that's something that we've discussed over the past couple of weeks, and even on Twitter too, right? Um, yeah. So I don't know, but I would like it to keep its original style or have something close to that. So uh, that that's that's how I would deal with it. Yeah, and and to be clear, I was I was literally just talking about the like character art and stuff like that. Um, not necessarily sprite work because I think that the sprite work in all three of those games looks awesome. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, I love that they all kind of have their own thing going on. Like, really, each game almost has its own unique art style. I guess except for like the Prime trilogy, which is kind of one in of itself. But I yeah, I like that about Metroid. Um, all right, let's keep it going here. Ten 
asks a very interesting question that I had never really thought about, but uh, his question is, do you consider Donkey Kong 64 a Metroidvania? So you know what? My initial answer here was like, no, it's it's a 3D platformer, just like, you know, Super Mario 64 or Banjo-Kazooie. But I will say that there is some argument to be made here because you do need to go and you get all... First of all, you get all of the different Kongs, and then you get all of their different, like, guns, and then you get all of their different special abilities, and you are traversing back to all of the different worlds to finish up and get golden bananas a lot of the time. So I could see an argument being made that it was. This is, I did not think that this was going to be a question we would get. First of all, I, <laughs> I love Donkey Kong 64. It is a, a, a game near and dear and close to my heart. It is one of my favorite N64 games, one of my favorite games uh, growing up as a kid. Would I consider it a Metroidvania? Well, going back to the point we were talking about earlier, where like, you know, Metroidvanias, we think of that as a game where you have part of an area unlocked and you can walk you know move through it but you got to come back because some area parts of that area are not accessible until later when you have the right equipment or whatever and donkey Kong 64 that's somewhat true but also not true at the same time and it's not really true in the same kind of way like i wouldn't say donkey Kong 64 is the same kind of backtracking like you go to one area you complete the area then you go to the next area you complete that area you can go back for golden bananas but you don't have to, and a lot of the time yeah, you can that, get that's all the those. Difference. You can get all those a lot. Some of the time you can, I mean, you can get like a sufficient amount of golden bananas without ever having to go back to previous areas. And when you are, even though you are unlocking other characters and other weapons and whatnot, they're not really opening up the area like too much more. I would say the only exception to that is when you get like different weapon ammo kinds and those like open new doors. But like you're it doesn't have the same kind of like depth i would say but yeah you know i don't know that <laughs> i have to i would i think i would have to think more in depth more critically about that that might take a whole episode that might take an essay on whether or not dk64 is a metroidvania <laughs> i really don't know that's a good question because it's like what is the threshold like how much backtracking what kind of backtracking how do the upgrades open up the world like that's something that like like, there's a line and a threshold of, like, how much of that makes it a Metroidvania or not. Because I think many games have those kind of elements, but does that necessarily make them a Metroidvania? No. So, I, that's a really good question. I'm honestly, right now, I am i don't know. I would, I would say that it would be unfair for me to give a yes or no answer here because I don't know enough. I haven't thought about it critically enough to give a an educated and scientifically reasonable answer. Uh, I but I have to give back to you on that one, man. That's or, or you know whoever that is. Uh, that's a question. That's that's a real stumper right there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It might it, be. It's something it that be. you want to say no right away, but then when you think about it, I could see, I could see someone saying yes, and and I don't know if I would say yes necessarily because I, I do agree with you. Like you can go back if you're a hundred percent completing this game, you could probably call it a Metroidvania, but you don't have to do that. You only but at need, the same like, time, though, I'm thinking of parts of the game where, like, yeah, but at the same time, you do go to some areas and you can't unlock them just yet. But it's not like it's not like in Metroid Prime where, like, you're walking through Chozo Ruins and then you go and you can't access parts of that area. Or, like, Fendrana Drifts. And then you go to other areas and you come back and unlock more of it. Usually in Donkey Kong 64, what I remember is, like, you go to a certain level, parts of that level aren't accessible to you, but you end up unlocking that accessibility 
in that same level, right? Like you don't have to go to another area of the uh, game. Like not, I can't, not always. Like I, you have to go back to the first couple levels with like tiny and lanky and chunky. Yeah, afterwards. that is true. And, yeah, I guess you do kind of have to go back to like at least the first like jungle japes and, and Aztec. Uh, angry aztec yeah you do yeah i think this might be this might call for an inspired by metroid episode Andy. <laughs> i think that I might be, be our next that. i love donkey kong 64. i would uh, i would very 100 percent play this for inspired by metroid so i don't know okay uh, yeah i'm i'm down for that <laughs> all right. uh great question great question all right let's keep it going hkh 2003 asks what if and this is oof, a great question what if despite all the effort put into metroid prime 4 it still doesn't sell particularly well. What would that mean for the franchise? Oof. Oof. So I guess let's let's come up with just a number that arbitrary number that it has to sell in order to be considered a success. Let's just say I think that that number is three million copies. What what say you? Hmm. Well. To be a success, and I'm basing on that Switch. not on a lot of research or anything. Just that's that's the number that comes to me when I'm thinking of it. Yeah, I think I think hmm. I think three million is a good number. I honestly think it can sell more than that, but I'm trying to be like, you know, reasonable. I mean, there are a lot of good games on Switch that haven't sold three million, and it, they are on Switch, right? Um, right. Well, I, I'm I'm just saying like it has to sell at least three million to be considered a success to make up the costs of like the restarting, the development, and and all of that stuff. Yeah, I would say it would have to be at least three million to you know sell. Like I would say selling particular well. I mean, if it does, it has to at least crack a million. I would say two three million is probably a given at this point. Like it's yeah. on the switch. I feel like it has to just sell well regardless. But what would that mean for the franchise? <laughs> I don't know. I. <laughs> I think the franchise would be done. If Metroid Prime 4 doesn't sell well, I I don't know if we'll ever see another Metroid game again. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know. That that's like a doomsday scenario. Like that's that's the clock is at midnight in that scenario. Um I and and the unfortunate thing is the longer that Nintendo waits to release it, the the less momentum the switch is going to have like all the games that came out in 2017 2018 2019 sold like crazy like crazy but you know i'm and i mean i guess they're still selling like crazy because age of calamity just reported that it sold about four million copies and you know granted that's zelda but it's still kind of a like a spin-off so i i think that i just in my heart i think that metroid prime 4 can sell three million copies on the Nintendo Switch. Um, man, if it doesn't though, oof, that would be pretty brutal. And and I could see, you know what? Maybe I could see them just being like, okay, well, people don't like the Prime style. We're just gonna make two D Metroids. Maybe, and that's like one of the better case scenarios. So I I could. Well, I, I mean, could it depends on who you ask. That. It depends on what you ask. Because well, I mean, if they, I would. If we're gonna pick, I'd rather them just keep making 3D Metroids. And to be honest, well, but best case scenario in, in like the fact of like they keep making Metroid games at all, is, right? Right. Is okay, more yeah, so what I mean. Yeah. yeah, you know, I'm I'm thinking, but like the three million number, that's what I would love for it to hit. But at the same time, like I'm looking at the Switch sales numbers right now, and like if it doesn't hit three million, like I still can't say it wouldn't be a success. Because like let's like I'm looking at a couple of these games. Fire Emblem Three Houses. How much do you think that that game sold? Fire Emblem Three Houses 
was a I would say a pretty popular game. Like that game was talked about a lot, and it seemed like a lot of people bought the game and have played the game a ton. Okay, um, as as of March 2020, so that was still a year ago. But as of March 2020, the game only sold less than three million units on the Switch. But like, would you right. consider Fire Emblem Three Houses an unsuccessful game? No, I wouldn't. I mean, that game was super popular. A ton of people bought it, and like it's continued to contribute to like the fire emblem renaissance so to speak that game probably as of um 2021 has sold more than that but like it hasn't sold 30 million you know copies it hasn't sold you know um 20 or 10 million copies but i would still consider it a success right i think as of 2021 or 2020 it did act or it did actually sell over 3 million copies, but still like, let's say it didn't and let's, it's stuck at 3 million sales. Like I, I wouldn't say that it was an unsuccessful game either though. So a, a, on, on one hand, I think it should definitely sell multi-million. I would love for that to happen and it really should. But at the same time, it's like sales wise, uh, up to 3 million for Metroid prime would still be really good, uh overall and i think that's maybe maybe we shouldn't set our expectations too high i, I don't know because i'm not i'm looking at some of these switch sales and not every game is selling 20 30 million right i i guess my my worry is like and again just picking maybe 2.5 million is is a more rounded number but let, let's just stick with three for a second because i'm like all right well we also did have to like completely restart this. So there's probably some, I mean, not probably there's definitely some extra costs that go in with that. So it's going to have to make up that, you know, by selling, um, you know, fairly, fairly well, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I think that that would be awful if it did not, <laughs> if it wasn't yeah. a success, but I mean, Nintendo's got to step up to the plate too, and, and make sure that it is a success by promoting it and investing in it. Like you, you can't do another Samus Returns where, you know, you you make this game and then it doesn't sell, but it, it doesn't sell because you didn't promote it. So it's, it's so you, annoying you can't when, do that. when I see people post about Samus Returns, like, oh, Metroid fans didn't buy this, bro. Nintendo didn't even promote Samus Returns in the 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 E3 Direct that year. They promoted Metroid Prime Four, which wasn't even is which wasn't even in like development at the time at that e3 and they saved samus returns for the 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 treehouse showing after that direct they never gave the game a chance they showed commercials for it i think maybe the week before the game launched that was it like a tv spot or two and a couple internet ads banner ads that's it and then people are like oh why didn't people buy the game there's a reason why advertising exists if people just naturally bought products all the time based on their quality then there would be no need for advertising but that's why advertising exists, to get more people to play the games. And when people say, oh, people didn't play Super Samus Returns. Why don't they make more Metro games? They don't buy them, and that's why they don't make them. Because they didn't ever give the games a chance. So I would really hope that because it's the game's going to be on the Switch, that they're going to look at it as not just a Metro game, but a Switch game. And therefore, they're going to promote the hell out of it, and it should pop off. I really have high hopes that it will, because, um, I, I mean, it's on the Switch, but at the same time, you know, Metroid Prime is right now the best-selling Metroid game, I think. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that includes digital sales and, like, maybe recent sales for Super Metroid on the Switch. 
But, like, Metroid Prime sold, like, just under 3 million copies on the GameCube, which had, like, the lowest install base for, like, a Nintendo console ever. And, like, one of the lowest, like, install bases for any video game console. And that's the best-selling Metroid game. So, I'd have to think that on the Switch, which is, like, the best... And that's because it was promoted. That's that's the thing, too. It was promoted a lot. I really hope this game's promoted. It's going to be on the Switch. But at the same time, I'm really worried because Nintendo, for some reason, loves to release Metroid Prime games around the time Halo games come out. And it just so happens... (laughs) <laughs> that Halo Infinite was also delayed and might come out around the same time Metroid Prime 4 comes out, if that also comes out this year, which it could. I don't think it will, but it could. They could easily say it comes out later this year and then have it released around the same time as Halo Infinite and, again, screw the game's marketing up. But I hope that's not the case. So I actually uh, maybe I'm just being a Nintendo homer here and or overly optimistic, but I think that because development restarted and because they need to make up those costs, like... Nintendo has to market this to make up that that money. You know what I mean? Like they they have to, um, or or else it's just like you're you're literally just flushing that money down the toilet. So, um, yeah, I uh, I I think that listen, if if they invested ten million dollars into advertising, and I have no idea what is a a big number for advertising or not. Maybe ten ten million is like small potatoes, but like. I don't know, 10 million bucks in advertising. I just did some quick math. Divide that by by 60. That is, and 60 is the price of a game. So they, they need to sell like 170,000 copies to do, you know, to, to make up that 10 million. So I I think they have to. They have to, or else, you know, they're, they're just flushing it I, all away. I think so. they will. I, I mean, if the fact that they restarted development, they could easily not restart development and just let it go as it was going. I really think that they're gonna ha- like they're gonna put some some effort into advertising this. Like they, I, I, I do ha- too. Yeah. I have to believe that because there's why would they even go through the effort of making another Metroid Prime, not only a Metroid Prime game but Metroid Prime Four, like over a decade later. Like why even go through the effort to do that if you're not gonna pull out all the stops? So I have to think that they're going to. But you know, Nintendo <laughs> somehow uh, finds a way to surprise me in all kinds of ways. So who knows how it's gonna go. <laughs> Um, okay, so we still got a bunch of questions left here, but we're we're running long here. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna pick one from Noodles, we're gonna pick one from uh, from Big Griff, the Accursed Hunter, and then we're gonna get to the rest of your questions uh, either next week or on a later show here. So uh, we're we're gonna try and and do them all eventually here, but uh, uh, we're only picking a few for now. So let's uh, let's get going here and let's go and uh, and let's ask a question from Noodles. Um, this is a great question. If Nintendo did the right thing and declared Other M non-canon <laughs> in its entirety, <laughs> I knew you'd love that, and the story of Adam was revisited, what would you like it to be like? With Other M non-canon, just about anything is possible because of how little Fusion tells us. P.S. I know you want Chief and Smash, but I personally want Gordon Freeman mm. if we got a first-person shooter character. Let's talk about Gordon Freeman Based. for a second here. Very based <laughs> pick there. That That is a tasteful pick. Uh, not, you know... Now, you know, that's not a character that the Zoomers out there will appreciate, but Gordon Freeman would be really cool in Smash. I think he'd be an underappreciated pick. You know, obviously, I really want Master Chief in Smash, and, you know, like, Doom, Doom Slayer, Doom Guy would be really cool. But Gordon Freeman, you know, that with the crowbar? I, I, I'd be about that. I'd be about that. That'd be cool. I'd be, that'd be really cool. You know... 
I I've never played Half Life, and I heard that they're really? fantastic. You've never played Half Life, I, I never have. Man? I never have. You got no. To. Um, I I think that if Gordon Freeman was the character, that would be a fart in church. I think that Nintendo <laughs> fans would just be like, "What? Oh Who? yeah, it would definitely go over very lukewarmly for most people. Yeah. <laughs> but for everyone thirty and over, they I think that would go over <laughs> for a lot of PC gamers out there." It would be really. It, cool. it would be huge for the PC gamers for sure. Like even for me, like I would, I would be like, okay, like that's that's cool. That's not for me, but you know, I I think Chief would be cool in Smash. Yeah. I, man, I predicted Chief in Smash in like 2018. I was calling for that, and I was like, that's gonna be the big reveal, uh, and it still hasn't happened. But I think it still could. I think I but... think it's very likely. I mean, right now we know that there's a big relationship between Nintendo and Microsoft. Right now, they have two games. I, there's so many things pointing to them getting Master Chief in, in, in Smash. Number one, they have two characters in the game already. So they already have an established way to get characters in the game. Uh, Minecraft and, and Banjo-Kazooie. Obviously, they're going to want Halo in Smash. That's their excuse, that's their baby, right? That's their Mario. Like, they're going to want Halo. They're going to want Master Chief in Smash. Second of all, we know that there's, like, uh, you know, Master Chief is technically on Switch, with, with on, and technically because of Fortnite. Uh, they've been showing off a bunch of, like, Nintendo Switch stuff in, in recent Xbox showings, and, like, they've been teasing, like, the Switch appearing in the background. There's rumors that, like, the Ultimate and, like, the Game Pass and Xbox Live Gold potentially might come to Nintendo Switch. So, like, all of that stuff points to Chief coming to Smash. I know that's not really the question we're answering here, but I really think he's going to be in the game. I think he might even be revealed at E3. I'm really, I really, I got Ridley, Ridley was in Smash. We can get Chief. We can get them both. We can get them both. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's impossible. It would definitely that would definitely go over better than Gordon Freeman. I I respect your your pick for Gordon, but yeah, that that would be uh, <laughs> that that would have more down votes than upvotes. I think. <laughs> um, but, but let's. So the actual question though. So the the question. Yeah, let's was, get to the question. Was so okay. So let's say other M is non-canon. Um, great. There we go. Um, what would you like the story of Adam? Like, how would you like it to be revisited? So. I don't. I, I'll let you go first on this one because I feel like I've gone first on a lot. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. I I don't care about Adam. I, and I'm and I'm sorry. You know, I I didn't like him in Fusion. I didn't like him in Other M. Uh, I, I, let Let's just say this. Maybe the only the only way that I would ever want to see Adam back in Metroid is if they did like a Metroid prequel or something set. I don't know before samus was like a big you know even that now that i'm saying it i just i don't really want that i don't i don't care about adam i think if you're gonna tell samus's origins there's cooler ways that you could do it um yeah i i just i i wouldn't uh, i think that he was kind of goofy in fusion as i talked about last week i think he was horrible in other m so take out other m and i think he's still kind of goofy in fusion i hope he doesn't come back in metro 5 I'm sure he probably will in some fashion, but I hope he doesn't. And I wouldn't want to see him again. So there well, you go. I'm definitely on the us us uh, box robot fans are also big Adam fans. I don't know what the, the Adam fan word is, but I'm a I'm a Fusion Adam fan. I like him in Fusion or the Adam computer, whatever you add the Adam AI. And I definitely I mean he's almost guaranteed to come back in the in the Fusion sequel. Like that's the only other <laughs> other active character we know of other than Samus and the the animals she has stowed away on her ship, but uh, 
I don't think there needs to be any revisiting of his story. I think what Fusion did was fine. That's one of the reasons why I hated that Other M had, like, felt the need to explain stuff. Like, some stuff is, is fine to be left up to the imagination. That's a good part of storytelling. Not everything has to be explained. And Fusion did it fine, where Adam is a former CEO or of, of Samus who died somehow on a mission or whatever it is. And now he's his an AI based on his his consciousness exists, and Samus is working with it. I'm more interested in the character development and the relationship between Samus and that AI than I am of the person in the past, because it, I mean I, I I don't really care, but not in the same reason you don't care. Is that I do care about Adam as a character, but I don't need his backstory explained. I already have sufficient information, and I don't need it every hole to be filled up with details, like other M felt the need to do. He died in the past. That had an influence on Samus's relationship with him. Obviously, a person—you know—the the one thing I like about the AI is that it's like a person coming back to life. That Samus, like, it, it, in a different way than the Ridley relationship, where like this is a person that was very near and dear to Samus, had a very obvious impact on her life, and now has kind of come back to life, but not really. And that, like, is a really—that's a—that's a huge thing. That's a big dynamic. I, I don't know how I would deal with that as a person. Um, that's what I always loved about that, that that part of the fusion story. And Other M just, like, ruins it in, in so many ways that we've discussed. We did a whole episode on it. But I don't think there needs to be an explanation. There doesn't need to be a revisiting. I, I want to see the progression of that character, the progression of the story, and the progression of the relationship between the Adam AI and Samus in the future. The backstory is what it is. Adam died. They poured his brain into a robot body. <laughs> That's it. I, I think that's fine. And, and, and I, don't, I don't have any problem with that, especially, you know, uh, C-Lab fans out there. That's like the first episode, by the way. And that's a great meme. But, like, I like that. I think that, that's fine. That's, that's, you know, sci-fi. That's whatever. You know, whether you believe in that, like, or, like, you, you, you can, like, suspend your disbelief for that. Like, whatever. I like the, the crux, the basic story of that. I don't think there needs to be any prequeling or explanationing about it. Give me just character development in the future, not backstory in the past. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, well, this is our last question. This is from uh, Griffin, the Accursed Hunter. And this is this kind of ties in to the same thing that we're talking about here. He asks, the time period where Samus makes a name for herself as a bounty hunter after leaving the military, but before the first Metroid game, if this time period was to be explored slash explained, how Samus was known to become the best bounty hunter in the galaxy... What would be the best way to do it, and what would you like to see? So uh. my answer is, like, um, kind of the same. Not that I don't care, but I don't think that we need to see it. I can just... I feel like it's okay to just accept the fact that Samus is this great bounty hunter. That's and, what I'm saying. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, I, but... I, yeah. No, go on. To 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 answer this question, if if we had to explore this time period, if, if we had to and we had to do it, um, I think... I think, like, make a game of it or something, right? Where, like, you're... It, it, you could almost have, like, an RPG or something or something more similar Ooh. where, like, um, you, you're you're Samus. I'm thinking, like, kind of Mass Effect 2 almost here. Where, like, you're Samus and you can go and choose these little mini missions and you can hunt down different bounties and, like, that could be your game. Like, maybe there's one bounty that's kind of, like, the, the crux and the overall story arc of the game and, like, you finally slay him at the end. But, like make a game of just like little like missions kind of like mass effect two where Samus hunts down 
I don't know, hunts down different bounties and she can take him out that way. Again, I don't really think that this needs to be explored slash explained, but if we're going to do that, um, I think that that could be cool. I, I've always been a big fan of like, we're told that Samus is a bounty hunter, but we never really see her hunting bounties. So I think it would be cool to add that into like a game, like some side content where Samus is hunting stuff or monsters or whatever. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think that you could probably make a, a full-fledged game out of it if you had to explore that time period. What do you think? Well, I, I kind of wish you picked a different question because we already kind of did the a prequel question here. But uh, yeah, I, I'm with you on like the story. Like I don't really need that part of her her time explained because like I'm Samus is uh, the best bounty hunter. I know that because I play the Metroid games and I have I evidence right there. I don't really need to be told that again. But if we are going back in the past, I think like we talked about earlier, like the third person, like Star Wars or Tomb Raider style game, uh, just do that. Like have that kind of game, but then work like the bounty hunter system into it. I mean, really, Samus isn't really a bounty hunter. Like this game would essentially be making that part of her character up because like Nintendo just calls her that for some reason. But she's really not a bounty hunter. She's just like a, a soldier, essentially, or a conscripted like mercenary most of the time. To have a game where she is actually a bounty hunter would be cool, but it would I think it would probably be like a more open world like I think it would, I think it would be great. It, it would it would be cool. Like it would work well in the Metroid uh I don't know, theme and aesthetic where you're just you maybe you can just fly to whatever planet you want and take like whatever bounty and just kind of like flying around in space by yourself, kind of like in a no man's yeah. sky kind yeah, of way. Cool. Um and you just go off on bounties and missions and, and, and do that. And maybe there's like a story you weaved in there. That'd be really cool. Um, that, that I'm more interested in that kind of game than I am in a story or a game about her time in the Academy or whatever, that part of her story, yeah. I'm even less interested in, but this, I think would be cool because at least, yeah, it would, it would back up the bounty hunter part of her story, but it could also be a good way to work in that kind of more open world, um, third person-y style type of game that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, 100%. I, I don't want to see anything set in the Academy or any of that junk. I don't want Adam to come back. If this game started with Samus and her ship and, like, you you had, like, 40 missions available or something like that and, like, they were ranked in difficulty and you could start off with some and maybe when you complete some missions, other ones unlock or whatever, I think that that could be neat and, like, hunting bounties that way. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm it's not something I'm exactly clamoring for. Um, I think that that could probably just be side content in like a regular Metroid game. Like they could add areas where like there's a special boss or special monster and you could go and hunt the bounties there. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think that that could be kind of neat if, you know, if they did that, you know, it'd be cool. Cause I, you know, we're talking about like, okay, maybe she's taking down big monsters, or whatever. But I, I think maybe it would be maybe like a reverse SIX kind of thing where Samus is going around hunting individuals and you're just chasing people down. It'd be cool. Like that might be a cool gimmick where you have to just literally yeah. hunt down individuals as they like go from planet to planet or try to evade you and try to lose you in systems and whatnot. And you just got to hunt them down as hard as you can and finally catch them and then drag them back or kill them. That would be really interesting. Cause I think, you know, like going to a planet and then like looking for big monsters and killing them. That's cool. But I don't think that would be as engaging as, something a little more intense is like Sam is literally hunting people down across star systems. That'd be that, that would make for a really intense game that I would be interested in. I would love that for that kind of game. And rather than just like a more generic, like side questy game, but if it was more like a, um, 
Like, yeah, you'd you'd want to be hunting like people, yeah, for sure. If and, like, it build was, stories out of that. Yeah, if it was like a Shadow of the Colossus, but instead of like big eight bosses, it was like eight people you you hunted down over the course of the game and tried to take them out. That'd be cool. I'd be down for that. Yeah, I, yeah. My my idea, and I don't know if you played them, but like in Mass Effect Two, you can kind of take these little missions, and it I don't know, it always seemed kind of cool to me because they were like self contained little little stories. So if if they had to do that, I think that would be cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we we actually still have a bunch of questions here to answer, but we're running long. But uh, we are definitely going to to get to them, if not next week, then some point in the future here. Um, and you know what? We probably have room for a few more. So if you do want to get some questions in, uh, make sure to ask us over on our Discord server in the Ask Us Anything channel, and we will we'll get you on the show by God, and we'll and we'll get to your question eventually here. Um, Dak, I had a great time doing doing this show. I love these Q and A episodes. Uh, some really good stuff here. Yeah, and now we have a, a a a cursed, a blessed but cursed problem of having too many questions, which is great to see. But it also, you know, I would love to sit here for hours and hours and just answer all of these questions, but I don't think that's the plan. So I think it's it's more than fair that we just stick to around an hour or so. But I love that I love that we have too many questions to answer. It sucks that we can't get to all of them. Um, especially for those of you who answered a bunch of questions, but it, it, that's that's kind of the, the nature of the beast, so to speak. But rest assured that they're not going to be forgotten. We're going to answer these, you know, in the future, probably, like you said, in the next episode, coming episode, and, and get to them. Because those these are, I mean, a lot of the time, some of these questions are worth a full episode, right? Like, is Donkey Kong yes. 64 a Metroidvania? That's a whole episode right there. That's a whole few episodes, you know? That could that could go the distance. You never know. So please keep sending us your questions. We love to answer them. I could sit here and, and I could – this is – you know, we went back and talked about, like, why or um, how do we meet and what gave you the idea to do the podcast or whatever. And when I saw you post about this and I want to do the podcast, that's the kind of thing I, – I, I could just sit here and talk about Metroid for hours. And I, I never had an outlet to do that. Other than, you know, Twitter or social media or whatever until now and had this show. So I love just sitting down and, and talking about these questions. I, I love this kind of stuff. So I really appreciate y'all um, coming through, joining us on Discord, even just listening to the show and providing us some awesome questions because we love talking about them. Yeah, no doubt. Thank you once again to everyone. Uh, special special shout out to uh, to Griffin here. We'll we'll get to you, brother. Don't worry. Yes. Uh, we're, we'll get to you. Um, but for now, we're going to call it quits for this week's episode. We want to thank you guys for listening. And, of course, let you know that you can follow us over on Twitter at Omega Metroid Pod. I am at Spateri316, and Dak is at DakCity underscore. Uh, check us out over in Discord. We have a great little community going on there. We'd love to have some of you passionate Metroid fans in there talking and asking questions with us. So come and check us out. And, of course, go and subscribe over on iTunes, uh, Podbean, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Go and like and subscribe. That is it. That is all. Thank you guys for your questions, and we will see you all here next week.